Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is a great movie. It has some wonderful life lessons. Lessons like procrastination is okay unless it involves fixing dangerous things in your new cabin because you get distracted. For example, even if you really, really want to go fishing, which I understand can be a huge draw, if you have a support beam that could potentially very easily get knocked down and stab someone in the face, maybe you should go ahead and fix that first and then go fishing. Or at least put some caution tape behind it, maybe a post-it to remind you to fix it later, or just to, you know, make people aware that, hey, if you lean on the support beam, you might get stabbed in the face. This is Bittersweet Ramblings, and if you have not watched it before, you should watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Or, if you've seen it, just rewatch it. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil is a movie about a couple of guys who don't have a lot of money who manage to score a really great deal on a cabin in the woods. It's, it's their own personal vacation cabin. It's, it's perfect for being away from all of the electronics and, you know, for going out and fishing and being outdoors in the wilderness where hidden things can stalk, attack, and eat you. All those things that people want to do in the outdoors. I think it's pretty clear I'm not, I'm not, I'm super outdoorsy. So Tucker and Dale have this new place and they didn't think that they would ever be able to afford something like this to actually own a cabin in the woods. It's one of those times where you don't really look into the circumstances of why you got a good deal. You just take that deal because, and this is the important thing to remember, especially when you're buying a cabin in the woods, you are buying the land. As long as there's not any like hugely massive structural damage, you can fix the cabin. Although it helps if you're handy or can learn fast or pay for repairs. But once you own that land, you can't change the land. Change the house, change the cabin, can't change the land. In this case, Tucker and Dale are fairly handy. Or at least Tucker is, is fairly handy. Dale seems to be there more as a fishing buddy and kind of moral support, which which can still be helpful, but having someone who could build or lift up a shovel would be even more helpful. When we get started with the movie, everything is is just starting out strong for Tucker and Dale. Then, just this bunch of random college kids wander in and piece by piece they destroy everything. Or they, they destroy everything for Tucker. So on their way to their new property, Tucker and Dale pass a bunch of college kids crammed into a Range Rover because the kind of vehicle you need when going out into the woods is, is a Range Rover. So they pass them and they stop by the general store to pick up a few additional supplies because they've got a huge renovation they're taking on. It's at this point in time when Tucker and Dale's luck immediately goes to shit. Because 
who comes trotting into the store but this obnoxious group of rich college kids who they passed earlier, none of whom are dressed for a camping trip. They're clearly just there to party and drink, trash the natural, like, wilderness, and then wander off. So these kids waltz into the store acting like Tucker and Dale are beneath them, spend their time just sneering at him, and then freak out when Dale comes over to say hi. Hindsight being 2020, Dale probably should have left the scythe in the truck when he, when he walked over. But in the moment, you don't think of that. You're just trying to be nice. So now, in this place where they just bought this lovely fixer-upper, they, they already feel ostracized by kids who don't even live there. So you know what they needed to do to just sort of wash that residue of that situation just right out of their hair? What anyone would do. Tucker and Dale decide to go out for a, a nightly fishing trip. When who turns off? Just, you know, they're making a bunch of noise, scaring off the fish and disrupting the night? Those same college kids who apparently decided to go skinny dipping. Why you would want to go skinny dipping in what appears to be swampland at night is, is beyond me. I'm, I'm just, I'm attributing it to drunken college student logic. So one of the girls falls off these rocks, slams her head, and doesn't come back up from the water. Do the, uh, the future leaders, do they, they help her out? Do those college kids jump? No! Dale jumps in and pulls her out while her friends run away screaming. There, there no doubt would be quality help in a crisis. So, Tucker and Dale take her back to the cabin, get her dried off, and lay her down in the bed to sleep off a head wound. Because sleeping off a head wound is, is always a good plan. Early in the morning, Tucker gets up and starts working on cleaning up the place, getting rid of some branch, branches and debris. Dale, who he brought to help him, is screwing around making this college girl breakfast. So what does Dale do when she does wake up? Does he take her medical help? No. No, he does not. Does he go outside and help Tucker with the rebuild? Uh, that would be a no. Does he challenge a woman with a recent head injury who is stuck in his cabin with no transportation to a game of Trivial Pursuit? Yes. Yes, he does. I don't blame him. I would absolutely challenge someone who had suffered a recent head trauma to a game of Trivial Pursuit. It makes winning the game so much easier. And they think you're brilliant. It's probably not the best thing in the world for them at that point in time, but winning is winning. There's, there's no takebacks. So while Dale is wasting time trying to show off in front of this random girl with a concussion, Tucker is stuck doing all of the heavy lifting. Tucker and Dale went there together to fix up and clean up this cabin. Tucker's ready to put in the hard work. He was supposed to have some help from Dale, but no. Dale, lovely of a person as he is, is flittering around this random college girl who belly-flopped her way into their day. And what happens 
when Tucker calls Dale out on it. Dale turns to him with these lost puppy dog eyes and plays dumb and then Tucker feels like a jerk for doing all of the work. I don't blame Dale for not wanting to do a bunch of grunt work and for getting distracted, but dumping everything on Tucker is not okay. During basically the rest of the movie, Tucker takes on a lot of damage. <laughs> he takes on, out of the pair, the most damage, both physical and psychological. He's, he's stuck playing the martyr to Dale's hero. Time after time, Tucker takes the hits while Dale just breezes through the trouble. I don't blame Dale. I like Dale. But Tucker got a raw deal on this. Tucker deserved more of a happy ending than just being able to have a I Survive story to tell his buddies on a drunken poker night. And Dale gets his feelings hurt a bit, and his dog gets dognapped, but in the end, things turn out okay for him. Tucker ends up with internal damage, a destroyed truck, destroyed property, and fingers that don't match. All in one day. I mean... After this movie, Tucker's never going to be able to look at a college campus this same way again. At the beginning, he had a nice-ish vacation cabin, fingers that matched, and a working vehicle. He's left with land with a burnt-out cabin and a deep mistrust of pretty much any of the people around him. And you know that if he sees a bunch of college-age kids on the street, he's going to cross over to the other side. You can have all kinds of McGruff the Crime Dog style riffraff on that side and he will still cross. The college kids are the danger to him. It doesn't matter if some of those little college bastards notice and start yelling why did the chicken cross the road at him. He's still going to move. And if he can't avoid driving past a college campus, he's going to roll up the windows, lock the doors, hunker down, and turn the music up to drown out any noise. Then. And when he finally gets past the campus, just sort of breathe a huge sigh of relief. And then his hand's gonna shake until he's able to light a cigarette. Polo shirts and sweatshirts with Greek letters on them send him spiraling down into a panic attack. His home's gonna be his castle. It's gonna be his defense against the world. He's gonna have a huge gate with signs on the outside of it. All saying private property, no college kids. Which, of course, leads to tons of them driving past and throwing beer cans on his yard or hanging underwear on the metal gate to his property. He's gonna have Martha Stewart Living Magazines carefully organized with books of hers that are carefully bookmarked. Anytime he's asked about Martha, his, his voice probably goes up an octave and he says, you watch what you say about Martha. She's been through some real stuff and she's seen things. She's come out on the other side and she's continued to bring beauty and excellence to the world. You just keep any nasty comments running through your head about Martha to yourself. And he's got birdhouses all over the place, squirrel feeders and floral arrangements. All of them carefully crafted from empty beer cans or empty bottles of alcohol. Dale will come out to see him every once in a while and go fishing, but he spends too much time whining about the one who got away. Because 
You know Dale and the college girl aren't going to work out. He's going to be a reminder of the time that she lost her friend group except for one psychopath who tried to kill her. That's not going to be a memory she's going to want to hold on to. Dale probably got onto a trivia show game and won some cash but came in second. And then he realized he loved the rush of saving people and, and you know, dramatically rushing onto scene. So he decided to train to be an EMT. Just tr continually chasing that high of being a hero to someone. And he really does want to be a hero again. Just, you know, going into an accident scene a little bit too hot instead of calmly walking to the scene and trying to settle things down. He's trying to run, frustrating his partner who's telling him to slow down and not race. They need to arrive at the same time and they can't beat up the equipment trying to run there. But really what it comes down to is what about Tucker? Where's Tucker's fairy tale ending? Tucker got a raw deal on this and he deserves better. And you know what? You know what? I think, I think that Tucker did get his fairy tale ending. I think that he made his own happiness, because Dale is sweet and Dale meant well, but he keeps needing someone else to justify that he was a good person or that he was helpful or that he deserved respect, because he doesn't have the ability to recognize that in himself. Tucker continually had to carry the load. Tucker had to make sure that stuff was getting finished. Tucker had to make sure that stuff was getting done. And I think that Tucker, who was willing to put in the work, would have been able to build his own little piece of happy. Yes, his cabin was toast and his truck was toast, but he still had the land. Because you buy the cabin for the land, not for the house. And I think he would have built his own dream cabin. A Martha Stewart beer can outdoorsy fishing retreat covered in delightful statues made out of liquor bottles. And all of those beer cans and bottles that any college kids would throw over his fence? He's gonna make wind chimes from them. He's gonna make vases from them. He's gonna make beer can butterflies, beer can statues and wreaths. He's gonna make bottle cap coasters and tabletops. He would put those skills to use. He's going to become a top seller on Etsy. Probably already starting to get prepped for the Christmas season. Because Tucker wouldn't sit around waiting for something to happen to him. Tucker would duct tape that truck back into working condition, rebuild that cabin, and Martha Stewart his own damn way into a new life. And he definitely would have gotten around to fixing any support structures that would have unintentionally stabbed someone in the face right after he got done fishing with his own fishing lures made from beer cans. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening and have a good night.